0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take 1, the podcast that brings you just one persistent page of Talmud every day. And in our page today, Yevamot 25, the Talmud gives us a masterclass on rumors. Have a listen. The Gemara clarifies this. At what point is it considered to be a persistent rumor? Abaya said, my mother told me a rumor in the city lasts a day and a half. The Gemara comments, We said that this is the length of time only if the rumor did not cease in the meantime. But if the rumor did cease in the meantime, even if it was later renewed, this is considered a rumor that has ceased and is disregarded. And we said that a rumor that ceased is not considered persistent only if the reason it ceased was not due to fear of the individual about whom it is said. But if it sees due to fear, it is only due to fear and is still considered a persistent rumor. And we said that a persistent rumor has validity only if the subject of the rumor does not have any known enemies. But if he has enemies, it may be assumed that it is the enemies who put out the rumor about him. So much to unpack here. And to unpack it all, it gives me great pleasure to welcome back to the show, Editor-in-Chief of Tablet Magazine, and our resident expert on all things la Hara or gossip, rumors, and other malicious forms of speech. Hello, Alana Newhouse.
1: Everything you just said is a rumor. It is, isn't it? I think it is. Those are all rumors about me.
0: Here's what I find so interesting. When you think about the usual prohibitions and, and gossip and, and, or Lashon hara or any form of, of malicious, malintended speech, you kind of think about, well, you know, don't do it because it is sort of categorically inherently wrong in of itself and for its own sake. And here, the Talmud is basically putting up all these brackets. Well, if it's a powerful person that people fear, then a rumor about him that stopped is probably still true because he probably stopped saying it because they were afraid of him. And if it's someone who has enemies, it's probably not true because it was probably just his enemies putting out these rumors. Do you accept this framework of of judging rumors based on these systemic circumstances?
1: Yes. More importantly, I think that Having a systemic way of approaching something like rumors or gossip strikes me as a way of decentralizing power. So rumors, gossip mills, yentas, these were all the ways in which, I mean, we look down on, some people look down on them now, but I don't. I see them as ways that people received information, sometimes information that was quite important, either important to your family, like I need to know that my daughter is dating a guy who's a 'er ne'er-do-well, right? Who's drunk actually every third night and all the way up to information like the Cossacks are coming. I mean, I think it's, this is one of those sections that, where I think the details are less important than the overall message, which is that rumors are not that simple and we don't, we don't, we shouldn't dispense with them and say oh this is narsh kite or this is you just don't tell them don't listen to them but actually you should have some sort of philosophy of how you process them maybe that philosophy should change over time but the fact that they're telling us to have one strikes me as interesting
0: now you through a series of poor life choices are in the news business correct
1: <laughs> yes
0: we live in an era in which rumors, uh, also sometimes known as fake news, uh, feature very prominently, and it seems to me like the the rabbis, uh, Abaya and his mother, by the way, are giving us a pretty good set of rules on how to approach validating information, which is probably a skill that is growing more and more crucial and essential these days. As an editor, uh, as someone who's been both observing, editing, and making news um, her entire professional life, how do we apply these rules to figuring out what around us that we read and hear and see is credible and what should be discarded.
1: I think that what the rabbis are saying is is that anything you see on Twitter you should probably discard because it's coming at us too fast. Whereas something that you see on Twitter for longer than a day and a half maybe take a second look at. Doesn't strike me I'm not sure their timing is right because I think the internet has compressed time and made time move faster, but I don't think that they're wrong that the thing that you hear when you first hear it often these days is not true or certainly not the whole the whole truth. So I think that his mother sounds like she would have been great um, on TikTok, but. But maybe part of the reason is because she would have understood how to use it and the velocity of the platform.
0: What about a part of looking at the motives at who hates you? How much power do you have? How likely are you to use it to oppress information?
1: This is the part that strikes me as interesting. I don't particularly know whether I agree with this or that directive. What I really feel and what I, what strikes me as really right is the message that you should not simply discount rumors or listen to them, but that you should have some sort of system by which you judge them, judge something as truthful, judge something as legitimate, judge its source as legitimate, and that that system should actually be proven right or wrong over time and your relationship to it should change. So, for example, if you consistently read the Washington Post and the New York Times and you listen to CNN and MSNBC or Fox or anywhere and they keep getting things wrong, I think at some point you look at it and you say, You keep getting things wrong, you seem like a rumor mill, and I'm not going to trust you. If you realize that there are other outlets or those outlets take their time and seem to be getting things right or seem to be telling things that are truthful about people who are powerful or explaining when somebody has a motive for transmitting a rumor, then you can trust that source. I think what the rabbis were saying is that things are not as simple as you might want to make them, we might want to say, "When I was growing up, there was that great Lushan Hara Lama tell me, tell me anyway," which was one of the greatest little ditties of my childhood. But this notion that either Lushan Hara is bad, it should be completely scrubbed from our lives, we shouldn't engage with it at all, or ha ha ha, tell me all the gossip and let me actually embrace that gossip and use it in my daily life neither one of those is the right way of running a life you have to be rigorous look at sources, determine the motives of those sources then see what their track record is like over time interestingly when you think about it that way I'm not so sure that that doesn't explain Rumor's relationship to what then later gets known as fact
0: thank you for this very pithy journalism class you're welcome This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. The show is hosted by me, Leah Libowitz, and is produced and edited by Jerome Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sara Fredman-Ader, Robert Skarmuccia, and Tanya Singer. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi.